Tell you they're investing it in in the walls of their own places. It just it just in 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 back team and Purell like that is it's that's all they, they're investing. They have a big backstop of of of, of grain and AR fifteen. <laughs> they're they're focused on their ice makers. Their they're, ice makers are just they never run out of ice. They give you those. They don't give you the cubes. What I like is they give you the cylinders that aren't mm-hmm. hollow. Like I like it. It's like it's like you know like two bottoms of the wine barrels or the wine bottles put together. That's it's what like, I want in a cube. It's like a broken man, you know, <laughs> just just the shell. <laughs> just exactly. Yeah. We. The, what if we made the whole cube out of the broken man? <laughs> Steve Osborne, let me, you look like a guy who tells other people how to live. It's what I do. And that's um, what I like about you. Yeah, tell me about you. This is, uh, this sounds like you've got yourself quite a, like, this is a giving thing, right? This is you wanting to be, this is a good steward of your knowledge. Ever since I was but a boy, Steve, I've been telling people, hey, you should do this, you should do that. I mean, giving advice up the wazoo. Absolutely. I told my second grade teacher, I said, hey, you need to get a divorce. (laughs) (laughs) I told my boss where he could stick that paperwork. And you know what? He didn't listen and look at him now. (sighs) He owns Super 8 Motown. (laughs) And I'm trying to nuzzle my way to his stepdaughter. Before we get into the nitty gritty, uh, you're an important guy. You got things to say. You got uh, you got pe- places people can find you. Sure, sure, sure. You can always follow me on the Instagram uh, at Ozfest A U S F E S T. You can go to my website, and it's uh, it's it's kept up occasionally. And that's just steveosborn.com. Uh, I have a Twitter account that is very dormant. So you can see you can see what I said a long time ago and say, yeah, he probably shouldn't host the Oscars. I, I love either. those those 2015 deep mm-hmm. cuts. Let me tell you a little something about my Twitter account. That was when there was the original character limitations. OK, <laughs> so everything's very brief. It's a yeah, lot of brevity, not lot. because I was pithy, but because they wouldn't allow me to say more. A lot of hot black eyed. Uh, P taste. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm like, hey, you know what? This LMFAO band, I think they're going to take off. You know what? I think Will I Am would be better off as a solo artist. Can I stand <laughs> by that? Right. I know. I was. I'm. Yeah. I was. Yeah. I was the same way. I'd be. I. My takes were more like Fergie. Will I Am? No. Give me more Asian. <laughs> Ooh, I need it. So. So yeah, you're an important guy in the in the comedy community in the, in the Bay Area. Do you give advice to people? Um, I, yeah. I mean, I try. Like, I tell a lot of people they should quit. That's yeah. I think that, and that's just coming from that. That's me trying to like. I'm telling myself advice through them. You're living vicariously. Yeah. I was like, hey, you know what you should do? You should be uh loved by your family. Try that out. Hey, maybe the stage isn't for you. Maybe you you keep your day job of touring the Winchester Mystery House. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Whatever your day. I don't even know what your day job is, but I promise it's better. No, oh, it, it, you work at the Wax Museum. It's oh. my dream. You oh, know? my gosh. Could you imagine working at the Wax Museum? How great that would be? It'd be, I mean, just 24-7 hard-ons and oh. just... <laughs> Yeah, because I would be folding their own wax into hard-ons. Like, that's what I would be like. <laughs> there's, the, there's the tour after dark yeah. where I'm just running around just going. <laughs> yeah, there we go. All right, you, kids. You have never seen Robert Duvall quite like this. 
Yeah, because there's a lot of people like that's what I love about wax museums, like how much they feature character actors. Yeah. And Robert Duvall is for sure. For they're like they're like, oh, you know what? That's great. I I love the Duvall, but is there a Robert Loja? Um, is you know that's what I really am looking for. I want, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like yeah, I want to definitely be with the guy that owned the toy company in Big. We, we need the guy with the big eyebrows from, from American Pie and Schitt's Creek. That's right. Do you have Donald Pleasance? You know, Dr. Loomis from Halloween. I need Paul Giamatti and I need Paul Giamatti now. That's right. I just need the whole cast of Wings. Do you have the entire cast of Wings? I want Tyne and Timothy Daly, if you've got them. Give me the, give the, give me the poor man succession billions. Stat. See, then this whole podcast is us naming B-list actors that would be yeah. at our wax museum. This is great. Oh. This, who wouldn't tune into this? It's going to be amazing. I'm all, I'm going to have Robert De Niro, but just when he put on a lot of weight for, right. yeah. for Raging Paul. Exactly. I want fat Russell Crowe only. Oh, absolutely. I, I, don't you give me that gladiator, Crowe. I do not want a beautiful mind. Mm -hmm. I want the Jekyll and Hyde version of Russell Crowe. And you go, oh, yeah, he's still working. Mm -hmm. He's there. And I'm only going to be playing blasting Irish shanties. <laughs> <laughs> I want Brendan Fraser now. Not as a wax dummy, but he's hired to pretend he's his own wax dummy. He has to stand there still with a cowboy hat on for at least eight hours. He just has to sit there stifling tears as people go, wow, this one really let itself go. <laughs> wow, he's really sweating a lot. He looks like he's melting. Yeah. He can't have any, any snack breaks, but he can fill up one side of his mouth with sunflower seeds. <laughs> and just work it through. Just, just, just <laughs> Just come by every once in a while and it's just just you can quite you look, we're going to have a signal, a signal that no one else can see. You just do three taps with your finger on your pocket and that lets mm -hmm. you know we got to reload the seeds. We have a big funnel like a hamster cage. It's just coming around. He just gets up to it. Just, uh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Say what you will about Brendan Fraser has a talented tongue. <laughs> it's, it's, he, he learned it at a young age. He learned it in George of the Jungle. So you give advice. You tell people they quit. What, what, what do you think is the best piece of advice that you've gotten? As a comic or just in general? Hey, it could be. It could be as in general. OK, so I will say and this is probably me uh, getting uh, maybe a little bit more serious. Like I was told when I was like the first time I became a supervisor, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, the, uh, the, my manager told me, he says, look, you made your bones by doing work. Now you're going to make your bones by telling other people to do that work. What, do you work in a cemetery? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then he 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 just sort of tipped his his very dusty cowboy hat and he went off into the fog. So I'm like, I don't know who that person is. Oh, my God. That's fuck. I didn't know the guy who voiced the Coors commercials was your boss. <laughs> yeah, no, it was uh, it was. Uh, and I remember thinking that that was like like kind of obvious advice. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, well, that's, that's I mean, if I so uh, how the, how is your relationship with your father, Mike? You know what? It's not bad. OK, it's surprisingly, it's a pretty good relate. You you were you saw my face. and You're like, that comes from a bad father. <laughs> no, no, no. I wasn't judging your father. I just figured your mother was doing the heavy lifting. <laughs> oh, I mean, for sure. I was a fat little boy. <laughs> <laughs> so so you're so like, so did you feel like you get advice from your father? Like uh, like he, he imparts wisdom upon you? Oh, oh, we would have a fireplace. And as a young boy. He would he would bring me, you know, it would be 12, it'd be midnight, it'd be past my bedtime. He would be on his his maybe his 12th Coors. Ooh, I like this. Okay. That, that Colorado that's cool lad. That's right. And he would sit me down. He's like, you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes. <laughs> I like a little liquid wisdom at midnight. Wake up, son. Come here. I'm going to give you a platitude I just thought of. Never, Never let him see you sweat. <laughs> if you cry, you're no longer allowed on my Thanksgiving. You got to go. Just tears in his eyes as he's telling you this. <laughs> I love he was it. crying the whole time. Yeah, I had an estranged father. I don't know if I should say he's estranged. He was just not uh, always engaged. So I didn't get a lot of advice. I got um, I got like requests for things like he could borrow, which is not the same as advice. So like I, I, I think I've looked through life like trying like I appreciate advice um, uh, from people that seem like they're in a good position to give it. Right. Absolutely. Um, 
And it's funny how often people that look like they're in the least position to give advice are so willing to provide that advice for oh, you. Oh, absolutely. Like with comedy, like, for example, I love it when a really bad comic gives me notes mm-hmm. like that's just mm, that is just wonderful. Like they're what like, I would do. And I'm like, I know what you would do. You would bomb your dick off. Yeah. <laughs> what you need to do is wear leather gloves and then take them off slowly before going on stage. <laughs> because nothing says pay attention to me like a slight little male strip tease from someone who's clearly not a stripper. Ooh, reveal that third knuckle? Oh, how tantalizing. Let him just tease it out there. Is that a wedding ring? I can't tell. I don't know, but he's gonna let those calluses breathe, and I'm excited. <laughs> now, I've been trying to gather a lot of advice. I've been uh, listening to audio books, trying to get advice from them. Uh, George, I read George Carlin's book the other day, and he had a good one. It was... Uh, Dig deep, not wide. I think it was to focus on like, hey, you focus on doing you know one thing and do it really well. That's great. Yeah, ooh, sure. ooh, no, actually, no, that, that that brings up a really good uh, a piece of advice that I got. Like I learned in one of these sort of like, you know, you go to these different work seminars that tell mm-hmm. you how to do uh, different things, and uh, and and that's kind of the, the the same vein, right? Like they said, um, you know, basically emphasize strengths. Mm-hmm. Right. And like so a lot of times I think it's like, well, we got to make you more well-rounded. You're good at this. Well, now let's get you to be good at this. And instead it's like, no, be the best at this. Absolutely. And then, and then if you're a good leader, you will put other people that can fill in the blanks around them. Right. But let, let the people accentuate people's skill sets. Right. As opposed to trying to dilute them with like, you know, with this with so-called nonsense. nonsense. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. If you got like, a, I mean, you've got a guy who's great at building gazebos. He's the gazebo guy. He's the gazebo guy. Have him build the gazebo. Right. And you're not going to be like, well, hey, could you also play saxophone in the gazebo once it's built? It's like, I've never played saxophone. I like, well, yeah. that would be a really great thing if you could just do that. Like, no, you go get Tim Capello from the Lost Boys. He'll play saxophone once that gazebo is built. Absolutely. You don't have time going to, to a soul food diner and, <laughs> and going through a whole Aretha Franklin song just to get your saxophone guy. Exactly. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. So here at the it's is the hell yeah podcast by the way. Oh hell yeah! It's the hell yeah podcast. We give, we're here to give advice, and so we I've gathered some some people looking for advice. We're going to read what they need advice on, and okay. then we're going to give advice. Great. Um, I'm go in. ahead. Feel free to interrupt me at at any time. Awesome. I really that's that, that's what makes for a good podcast. Interrupt. Uh, when the person who's running the podcast is interrupted by the guest like that, I tell you that that it's so good for the listener mm-hmm. um, when they don't know who's talking. I think a lot of podcasts focus on uh, coherency. No, no, that's not what the audience wants. Old news. All right. So that's first piece of advice for any uh, aspiring podcaster that's, that's uh, listening to this podcast is yeah. um, just, you know what? It, no one can hear you unless everyone's talking at the same time. And Steve, if there's any way you could uh, hijack this podcast with a 30 minute uh, story of, of how a sitcom went, oh, that'd be sure. awesome. Oh, that sounds great. I want the yeah. whole storyline of, of It Takes Three, you know? <laughs> That's right. No, I would tell you, yeah, I mean, whether it's whether it's some of the uh, very special episodes of different strokes and there was plenty, um, yeah. you know, I mean, anyway, look, we'll we'll save that for the uh, two minutes from now when I take over. Seven's heaven is coming in a big way for everyone, <laughs> for all our heaven fans out there. I'm, I got some I got some love boat things I got to talk about. Uh, dear Hell Yeah podcast. My husband has a habit of getting involved in family or social events at the very last minute, making changes to the plans Mm. prior to the last minute. He has no involvement. What he actually does is just a mess everything up a day or two beforehand. This Father's Day was my last straw. Our grown children had planned a cookout at one of my son's house. The kids had coordinated it and assigned various dishes for each to bring. Friday evening, my husband asked what time Father Day dinner was on Sunday. I said, I didn't know. So he started saying, I want Father's Day here. This is my holiday, my house, and I want it here. Mike, my father passed away last month. My my husband said... So we're never having Father's Day for the rest of our lives because your dad died. I was shocked and angry. 
I replied, I'm not having it this year, and I never plan on having it, as you have four adult children. I do every birthday and holiday. They can do Father's Day. He then said, I'm not comfortable anywhere but my own house, which I know is untrue. What is wrong with him? Wow. Uh, there's a lot to unpack there. There's, there's a uh, lot there. So so there's um, the final question was, what is wrong with what them? What is wrong with them? Now, is that what we're here to do is diagnose this uh, <laughs> this this husband or or do we want to help her through? I mean, like there's so many different like I can't die. I mean, first off, you should leave your husband. Like, I mean, I think that's a given. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't think that this podcast is like breaking any new ground when we say leave your like, husband. Try to find a new man, preferably very rich. I hear that Kanye is on the market. Right. I mean, there's so many options. You know what? Find yourself a, uh, um, a, a, a maybe even a woman that would be especially grateful. Absolutely. You know? you know, so somebody who's maybe like down on their luck, like find a homeless person. Mm -hmm. Somebody who right? knows the Dewey Decimal System. Right. Or or at least or at least is Dewey themselves. Right. Like mm -hmm. you want somebody who's like like just they have a little bit of moisture on the a outside. Bit of moist, a little bit of stickiness. Yeah. Oh, now we're cooking. Now you know what? Mm -hmm. I might be the person you're looking for. <laughs> so, so I mean, I, there's a lot here, right? Like, and this, and and speaking as somebody who is a father, uh, who is married to a mother, not his own mother. I want to make this very clear. Um, you know, this the topic of uh, like Father's Day, Mother's Day comes up a lot. And for me, look, I don't do much. Like, I don't have a lot of expectations for Father's Day because, <laughs> as we discussed a little bit, I just don't think fathers are great by yeah. and large i'm glad you guys have a great relationship so for me the idea of being celebrated seems like mm, maybe not right you could just use a trip to the to the wax museum and, and you're sure. good yeah for me father's day is a poor man's mother's day <laughs> yeah so so with mother's day so like my so but like there would always be some tension in the house when uh, my wife would be like watching me do a lot of work for mother's day and like trying to corral the kids mm -hmm. and she's like well i really would just for her she's like i would prefer that the kids put in the effort because then that feels like they actually are honoring me on mother's day if it becomes a chore or an errand then it feels like well then it actually makes her feel worse right it's not special it's not special, right? So I, I do kind of appreciate to some degree that he's like, he's taken back Father's <laughs> Day. He's like, this is my day. It's yeah. going to be at my house. And I'm going to tell you all what I think of you. Like, a part of me is like, well, you know what? Let him do yeah. it, right? But I mean, also, I, I like the the psychopathic dedication of having this, this whole plan that your kids filled up. And he's like, no, I have my shows to watch. <laughs> I've got here's what I want to do. I want you to, like that. Maybe that's his whole thing, right? He loves the idea of having agency because maybe he so. feels like he doesn't have agency in his in his regular life. So for him to upset a plan is like the greatest thing, right? Like I'm going to come in like, you know what you guys have done my whole life is you've interrupted my life with your nonsense. Oh, look, I drew this for you. Hey, I have a play. Can you sign this permission slip? And I'm just trying to get drunk. I so just want to watch young Sheldon in peace. <laughs> That's right. So now I'm sitting here. There's a Kurt Russell marathon on TV <laughs> and you guys are going to take me out to dinner. Uh, wrong. You're going to come in here and you're going to make dad some sliders. And by make some sliders, I mean, you're going to go and buy me some sliders because I know you guys can't cook for nothing. Going and I'm going to be watching. Castle, <laughs> we are going from escape from New York <laughs> to escape from L.A. We're going to big trouble, in little China. This is my day. And then she's like, my dad died. And he's like, ah, well, 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 what does that mean for me? Does that mean that my holiday is messed yeah. up because your dad had to die? Look, he chose what he wanted to do for Father's Day. I shall live. Yeah. I, I do love that where he's just like just a, a month late, a month passes. And he's like, so what? So we're never going to do this ever again. I love that. That I like to think that that actually happens at the funeral. <laughs> like people are crying. They're lowering the yeah. father-in-law into the ground. He's like, well, I hope this isn't going to change my Father's Day plans. Yeah, I hope it does. You better that bath better be running by the time I get home. <laughs> Come June. Yeah. Your father may be cold, but my dinner shall <laughs> not. <laughs> 
Exactly. <laughs> All this. I mean, and the thing is, he's just coming to grips with his own mortality. Right. And that's and that's and I understand. I mean, and then but I mean, I do appreciate from her perspective where it's like, look, you know what? You're not my dad. You, they got to do something for you. So, I mean, essentially what she's saying is, look, they're going to disappoint you and I get to watch. So it's kind of like a second Mother's Day. <laughs> for sure. It's a, yeah, she's, you know, it's in a sense, just throwing away another macaroni friend. Yeah. You know? In her mind, she's like, I get to bury you every <laughs> June. Like that's that's my moment. The sadness in your eyes, you know, when, when you got a hamburger with the cold center. I look at your disappointment and it feels like dad is back. Again. <laughs> uh, what do you think is the worst advice that you've ever gotten, Steve? Wow, that's a great question. Because um, I think was- that's around us all. I think we all have give, uh, gotten bad advice. That has sent us down a very wrong path. Oh, sure. Right. I mean, and and I think uh, like it's probably has to do it almost always is like a financial thing. Right. Like, I mean, it feels like, um, you know, like, again, no, you should go ahead and, you know, buy buy that house or go, you know, or, or you know, what was it like? I think Let me like tell stu- you, the Zoom is going to make it big. <laughs> Dude, I'm so glad you mentioned that today. I was actually reminiscing to my brown Zoom. <laughs> Which just serenading to LMFAO. <laughs> it was like it was, it was such a you know like oh yeah I understand that there is this other you know uh, infrastructure going on with iTunes but you know what this this thing that looks like just a just a piece of dog do like that that is the thing I want to have playing Absolutely. my music. Absolutely. It was just like it was like a big stale pop tart that played. Yeah. Played the hot jams of the of the of the so early you could aughts. Really, really settle in in your in your fucking Nissan Altima. Oh yeah, two thousand and two. No, I mean, I, I, you know, so it's funny because like we talked, I, I went back and you were talking about uh, advice that was good, and I am going to go back and say it was stop, drop, and roll. Best advice I ever got. Have you ever caught on fire? Yes, I have caught on fire. What did you get? Did, if, catch well, on fire from? Well, from uh, working on a, a car engine and it, I was uh, spraying the uh, battery terminal with the uh, anti-corrosive spray, a spark kicked up and it made the whole can essentially explode. My torso was on fire um, and I stopped, drop and roll. And it's funny because like, it's not like I had just like, it's not like you go through like a weekly stop, drop and roll reminder. For um, sure. You don't hear like, it often. Right. But like we grew up, I mean, I don't know about you. You're a younger guy. I mean, I grew up with, uh, you know, earthquake drills and fire drills. And then there were things like stop, drop and roll that would like, I mean, apparently, like, I think our teachers and parents just really knew that they weren't going to do a really good job of taking care of us. You see, we, we detail with natural disasters. We dealt with people who had mental breakdowns and disasters right. yeah yeah like you have shooter active shooter drills right it, it, I, it was in, it was class every class i remember vividly like like how i would act and what i would do i would like uh, someone with an ar-15 would come in i would elbow grab the muzzle of the gun you know rip it away from him shoot him in the kneecaps and they're, ta- <laughs> they're teaching me you know how what uh, you know what an obtuse triangle is I think I think it speaks to the inevitability of where we are going to land on um, sort of our our lax gun laws that we go ahead and treat uh, a school being shoot up as as an inevitability, such as an earthquake. (laughs) Like it's going to happen. It's just you you know what? You should be prepared. (laughs) And like no one can predict an earthquake. Well, no one can predict when someone's going to shoot up a school either. I mean, but but it's going to happen. And it's so many things you get confused. Do you stand in the doorway or do you parkade the doorway? (laughs) That's right. Right. Do, do you take a, a do you take the fatter student and hide behind them or do you go underneath them? Like there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of different. Do you raise your arms up to seem bigger? I don't know. Yeah. Do you denounce Christ or do you say I am a Christian? I don't know what their intentions are when they come in shooting. I, you never know. You oh, never it's so know. tough. It is so tough. Uh, this this was is a little uh, it's prefaced and we'll, we'll get into the to the meat of it. When I pretend to be someone else. I have no trouble attracting women. Mm. However, the second I start revealing who I really am, all my chances <laughs> go out the window. Mm. Okay. In the most non-narcissistic way possible, mm. I'm a very, very good-looking dude. <laughs> okay. Women see me, and they see this bad boy because of the way I look and dress. However, I'm the farthest thing from it. 
I'm an extremely sensitive and jam-packed with emotions and very in tune with my feminine side. For a very long time, I've maintained this bad boy persona because it worked so well. Women were all over me. And for some time, I did love the attention. However, once I got to my mid-20s, I felt miserable. I wanted to experience a real relationship. I liked you better when you were quiet. Damn, I had no idea you were so emotional. You're more of a woman than I am. And so much more. It really hurt. I go on dating apps and within a few days, I get to meet a girl. Date goes great. But a few days in, when I start opening up, the girl is immediately turned off. I was watching a movie with a girl once and I started sniffling quietly. She was so weirded out. It was an emotional scene, frowny face. I had a dinner with a girl once and she was asking about my future goals. I told her I want a job where I can help children. She laughed and said, that's so gay. What the fuck? I just want someone to appreciate me for who I am and not just what I look like. I can't just stop being who I am. It took me a lot of therapy sessions during my 20s to work through my emotions and build my personality. But it seems all of the women I go for just do not like the fact that I'm too emotionally available and sensitive. If I could compare my personality, my appearance, and my appearance to a notable figure, I think Russell Brand without the accent and a bit more muscular. Well, I mean, I like to think we all envision ourselves as a better looking Russell Brand. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I walk around just I I could beat up Russell Brand right now. I always rate my my appearance every morning on like a scale of of like Russell Brand. Am I am I am I properly Russell Brand? Am I Russell Brand plus three? Am Am I I above Arthur? Am I below Arthur? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Is someone going to help me get to the Greek today? (laughs) And I. uh I love I, I he made the reference to himself and said in the most or in the least narcissistic way possible. He described himself as basically gorgeous. I, I would like him to write back and say, like, in the most narcissistic way, how he described yeah. himself, because I, <laughs> I'm like, if this is you, this is you throwing some humility at the problem. <laughs> What's it going to be like if you just let it all out? A Greek god, let me tell you, like Icarus <laughs> that doesn't fly too close to the sun. And also, this guy's lived a life. I mean, he's talking about like he went through all of this phase of just shredding puss. And then he was like, but then in my yeah. mid 20s, I started to figure it out. Like, whoa, dude, you were a hot 13 year old. Yeah, apparently, like you was, were just getting it from from 12 to 19. He was just the fawns. <laughs> and then he and then he found dance, I guess. Or he watched <laughs> Marley and me. And he, you know, he came to realization. <laughs> I mean, I also kind of want to know maybe his maybe he needs to take a look at who he's dating, you know, like the the maybe the one gal who saw him or heard him say that uh, he wanted to do something with children and was like, ah, you're gay. I mean, that's that seems a little intense. Is she, maybe he's not, you know, he's not this bad guy playing this. Well, bad what did he man. say he wanted to do with these kids, by the way? Like, I mean, maybe specify. He just wanted to work with them. Mm, now, like maybe maybe there's already a baked in. Uh, maybe it was the way he said it. Yeah. I mean, you know, and maybe she was just she didn't have the vocabulary to say this is a red flag. Um, it could be very possible. You know, these could be some bad ladies. It could be some bad ladies. Could be some bad ladies. I mean, he could also be sending off mixed signals, right? Like he comes in, he comes in with his his muscular Russell Brandness, mm-hmm. right? And he's he's got this sort of like faux humility that yeah. obviously turns into a little bit of like, hey, look, this is just me being humble. Yeah. I'm gorgeous. And she's like, well, I'm not sure what we're getting at. And then he's mm-hmm. just like, and he may feel like, she may feel like he's just feeding a bunch of different lines coming all over the place. You're crying at this movie. You want to work with kids. You're doing one arm yeah. push-ups. Yeah, you, cr- you made your own leather vest out of a jacket. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like just like, well, it was good. It was getting worn anyway. And I was probably busting through the sleeves. If you yeah. checked out these these hot Russell Brand yeah. arms, I kept the sleeves. I wear them as pants. <laughs> exactly. He's I've taken one jacket. I've turned it into an entire outfit. How about that? How's that spark joy? I you know, I think that's a good advice. Can work, like, you know, be honest with who you are all the time. Yeah. If he maybe was, maybe you're a terrible person. That's great. Own it. Be that. Be be Charlie Sheen. 
Exactly. I mean, I'm sure Charlie Sheen, like, that's perfect, right? Because that's it. He's like, look, I think very highly of myself. I probably cry because cocaine is a hell of a drug. And I, you know, and I want to work with kids. And like, when you say it in a weird way, people are like, yeah, you know, and it's like, yeah. It's a lot for an olive garden. You're you're a red flag. Own it. Right. (laughs) You just need to look. So my advice to him is you just need to find more damaged women. There you go. You need to go. You said, look, that one woman from the previous thing is going to leave her husband. So she's going to be on the market and she's going to be looking for somebody who's kind of a take charge and like who initiates things. Mm-hmm. You sound like that guy. I think I think that's really what we're seeing is we have the opportunity to organically make a love connection mm-hmm. and everything's in that one guy is going to have plenty of opportunity to just sit and watch his shows and read his mysteries. Absolutely. And then she's going to be able to go over there and be just impressed with uh, a hot Russell Brandt. That's really what you need. I, I, I wonder what movie he was watching that he cried during. Right. That's, and I think that's an important part of this story because I think yeah. that would help us understand him a little bit more. Because like was you it, said, like, was it Monsters, Inc.? Yeah, was it Monsters, Inc.? Right. Like if it was Monsters, Inc., you're like, OK, I can kind of understand that a little yeah. bit. Also, why are you watching Monsters, Inc. with this person? Because you want to seem- work with kids, but you don't have any. This feels like a little bit of arrested yeah. development. Why but if it was have- Monsters Ball, mm-hmm. that's a different thing altogether, <laughs> right? Like you just like right in the middle of that weird love scene with uh, Billy Bob Thornton and Halle Berry, and he's just weeping uncontrollably. Like that <laughs> might be one of those things. But if he turns around and says, "I just think Billy Bob Thornton is so beautiful," and then she's like, mm, "You might be gay," that might be weird. Why yeah. is he saying that Billy Bob is coursing through his veins? Exactly. And like there's a difference between being gay and being gay for Billy Bob Thornton. Those are two very different things. I mean, who doesn't love Mr. Woodcock? (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, here's the thing. I like Sling Blade because I want to just take care of somebody. I feel like I can make him better. Oh, for sure. Okay, give him a place. Uh, Dwight Yoakam has no idea what he's doing. It's just all you need is all you need is some French fried potatoes and a willing spirit. Yeah, just just get a, a whole bunch of lawn mowers that are broken. He'll spend hours out there. That's what I want. Turns out there's no gas in any of them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's just do a little bit of a short one here. Uh, yeah, uh, my wife won't let me work out while she's pregnant. Okay, so my wife just figured that she's five weeks pregnant. We have been trying to eat better and get healthier in general. Part of that, we bought a Peloton a few months ago that has gotten some sporadic use. I recently hit 200 pounds. I need to get serious about weight loss. The new pants I bought already fit tight. And my wife is really hurt and is adamant that I can't work out while she's pregnant. She said it's not fair for her to get bigger while I get in better shape. She didn't work out previously and doesn't feel it's safe to start now that she's pregnant. I don't want to be insensitive, but I also feel like that's not fair to me. I don't know how to feel and need perspective. So was he just starting to work out when his wife got pregnant or was it just sort of coincidental? Or was it one of those things where it's like, hey, you're getting pregnant. I need to get myself back out there on the market. <laughs> I think she's five weeks and he's like, I really need to start doing some crunches. Right. Is that because like because it could be one of those things where he's like, well, I got to be in the best shape ever for this child. I want to yeah. be there for the long haul. Or if it's like mm, she's getting gross, I got to <laughs> yeah. get back out there because <laughs> that's. <laughs> that, that's I mean, I'm just I think these are these are important moments of clarification, right? I mean, I am constantly looking for excuses not to exercise. I my my kids are 25 and 21 years old. I'm still trying to lose the baby weight. <laughs> for sure. You don't, need to, you don't need to be picking them up anymore uh, oh. to, to put the star on the treetop. No, exactly. No. In fact, I'm the one that they need. Like they're they're like, keep eating, dad. Maybe we'll inherit something like that's the whole like it's that's the circle of life. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, what am I eating your food since 1999? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I like, oh, I want to live to a ripe old age to what? What? What am I getting in shape for the open yeah. casket? Let's move on. Wow. My kids have really been coming around recently with all this Del Taco. Perfect. They must really love me. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. When they come, when they come over with Krispy Kreme, I know what they want. Oh, for sure. <laughs> they want my car. That sweet, sweet demise. <laughs> yeah, so I think it, I mean, I, I can, I mean, sure, if he's just like, hey, I want to get in shape, but it, it is an interesting thing to say, though, right? Like, I don't want you to get in shape because I'm about to have a baby. It's like, well, we're doing two different things. Yeah. Like one, like one of the things like you could do, it would be harder because it'd be harder to work out when you have a baby. But I also can't do what you're doing. Um, 
Absolutely. It, it could go both ways where he could be a weird guy doing with weird intentions or just, sure. she could be a little controlling. Yeah. It could just be like, well, because then now it could be that she's feeling self-conscious, right? Like, so she's like, look, I'm I'm losing, uh, you know, my figure or whatever it may be. And then to have you doing this, it, it feels like I can't like I'm already self-conscious. And if we go someplace and people remark at how well you look now, then by, you know, I, I'm going to take that as that's by comparison to what I look like. Um, so, I, I mean, it's it's a complicated thing. I'm glad that they talked to us about it, though. Oh, absolutely. They 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 called us up. They emailed me, and, uh, and we're trying to help. Right. Yeah. I mean, again, I would say. I mean, at the end of the day, if if all else fails, just leave the other person. From from what I've heard, there's there's a guy who doesn't want to celebrate Father's Day at his right. kid's house. So this could be perfect. They could really match up. That's your worst case scenario, right? I mean, that that's the cautionary tale, right? Like he gets to a point where he's like, well, fine, I won't work out. And guess what? I'm not going to help out with any plans. But, oh, I'm going to have a lot to say when it comes to the day of. Well, you didn't let me work out. So now I'm going to sit here and watch my shows and you're going to have to stay here with me. Oh, oh, you planned a trip to Anchorage, Alaska? Not on my watch. This guy's over here doing push-ups. Like, look, not all of us look like a muscular Russell brand. Okay. Some of us have got to work at this. I look like a, like a bathroom floor, David Hasselhoff. I feel like this is all one family, just in different stages of their problems. <laughs> like we just, we just targeted all the way through like, Oh, well, well, like they were dating and he was very narcissistic and he looked like a, a hot Russell brand. And mm-hmm. she thought like he was a crybaby. but then they got married and had a kid. He's like, well, I'm still working out. I was like, no, you don't. And then they have all these kids, and he's like, "Well, I'm just going to sit at home and ruin everything." <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to watch. Get me to the Greek ten times <laughs> in a row. I'm like, could have been me. It could have been me. I just, I love Jonah Hill all the time. <laughs> I have a cardboard cutout in my car of him. I drive around town, and people say, "Is that Jonah Hill?" And I get filled with so much pride. That's right. <laughs> yeah, two-dimensional Jonah Hill is my style. Uh, so you have you give advice to your kids? I try. Yeah. Do you find it like I guess you've given you know have you, they're older and have you you've given them? Is there a time where they fucked up and they and you got like hey here's some advice so you don't fuck up again? Yeah. Well, so I think I was worse at advice early. We had kids young, like I was twenty, and who was I to like give? I mean, obviously, when I was twenty and I had a one year old, what kind of advice? Like just don't. Just don't, right? Like, don't do that. Don't eat batteries. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then when they, they get, and they, so like I was, you know, like in like 30 when my son was 10, and I'm like, yeah, what do I, what do I know? Like, I know a little bit, right? And so, you know, and your then vowels, we, you know, sure, sure. Yeah. And like, and, and as, as, you know, and here's one of the things that I think, and if, if I'm going to actually give advice to young parents out there, is that it's real easy to kind of have a set course like this is what this is how i think i'm going to raise my children um but then i think you have to realize that your children may not be what you thought they were right and so you have to you have to sort of like i parented my daughter different than my son and like and the perception from each one of them was like oh well then you must have liked them better because you did this differently it's like but the reality was they were two different people they responded to two different types of of whether it was advice or discipline or even encouragement so so you have to kind of understand that and uh and so i would say that yeah I, i give i think i give better advice now that i've had a little bit more life experience and i think i understand them better because then it's like i'm not gonna just like Early, it would be like, well, you got to do this because you got to mm-hmm. go to college. And then I realized neither one of them is like, I'm like, you guys don't want to go to college. No. And and it's not even just a matter of want, but I'm not sure that that's the right thing for you. So then Absolutely. it was so probably I, the advice that I at least like to think that was pretty good advice. And we'll see how it how it pays out when they write their memoirs um, is I said, find what you love to do and then do that. But then set like kind of your life and your like your finances kind of around that you know so like for me like i did comedy late mm-hmm. so it was really hard for me to super invest in it because Absolutely. at this point i had a mortgage i had you know different bills at a family he had so seven boats you needed to pay seven but and these both and you know these things depreciate like you wouldn't believe and so <laughs> inflation forget about it in the supply chain issues right now who would have saw that coming so like for me it was like 
I couldn't maybe do like if I had gotten really into it and we had uh, like and my wife and I, you know, got married at the same age, our, our life would have been different. Right. But we would have said, OK, this is this is the threshold that we can expect, you know, financially. And we just live to that. And I, so I'd always tell my kids is find out what you want to do, find out what that takes and then live within those means. And you'll probably be more content. Right. Like and I think my generation and then generations before it was always like make x amount mm-hmm. have this and for me it was like look if you live in a studio apartment and you're and you're like doing your art and you're but you're you're not wanting for anything because you've sort of calibrated your life accordingly and well then that's to me that's it like that's making it right that's i think that's setting them up and setting people up for a way happier life you know you're not just going to a job you hate at kinkos so you can buy, you know, materialistic, you know, you're, you're having a happy life and you're supporting that with things you you love. Do whatever you can in early life to avoid the midlife crisis. Yeah, that's absolutely fucking beautiful, though. Uh, well, we'll do one more here. Um, my new roommate has a very vocal cat. Ooh. My new roommate just moved in and her cat meows loudly and constantly. I Googled the cat breed, and apparently they are a cat that are particularly vocal. Usually I love cats, but this one's going to drive me crazy. Is it something I could try to adjust to, or should should I just ask her to leave? She never mentioned her cat was going to be so loud when she first came to see the room. Wow, that is a a tough one. So, I mean, I'm assuming she already knew that the cat was coming, right? Like... The and cat was was common confirmed. They knew the cat, but they didn't know how vocal the and it's, it's, you know, it it's a, a chatty, chatty caddy. And, and maybe and and so again, we don't know all the history of this roommate with the cat. Like this might be her first cat, so she may be less like, well, this is I guess how cats are. Like they're and so if I say a cat's a coming, you know, there's going to be a cat or walling. A cat's you know? going to be a roaring in the entire place. It's the way it goes. But I'd love to, first. I'd you know kudos to you for doing the doing the Google research to find out whether or not this is a exceptionally loud cat. Um, I don't know how big the place is. Um, I think that's important in any roommate uh, disagreement. Really thoroughly research your point. Right. And so you can come in with the facts. Right. I like to go in there. I like to go, okay, what does Joe Rogan say about this this <laughs> issue? And then once I've weighed that against reality, I can know what I need to do to, to make things better. Gordon um, Peterson would agree you need to do the dishes. That's right. So there's a loud cat. Um so I don't know the proxy, like if they're if they're in bunk beds, that's a problem. But like if it's different, like if it's if it's person's trying to study, mm-hmm. I don't know, if, you know, is this person a meditator? I would say a white noise machine for one. OK. Are, do you do the white noise machine? No, no. I, I have white noise playing all the time in my head. Right. Now I have I have uh, tinnitus, so I always mm. hear a little bit of white noise. But then we actually tried like last night, we put a white noise machine on. It's got all these different settings. It's like yeah. static. It kind of sounds like a TV. There's one that's kind of just this hum, almost like machinery. There's like almost water sounds. And then, like it helps you sleep. Yeah, because I guess it's just because of the constantness of it. I right? think I kind of had something like that when I was like, you know, I was a kid. I would listen to Looney Tunes sing the Beatles every oh, single that, night. That before seems going about right. That. Yeah, that seems yeah. like. Yeah, it, I mean, and there's a no, there's a setting on this white noise machine too that, like, if you turn it all the way up, it's just um, episodes of Friends. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and yeah that's the whitest noise. Ross. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but no, but like, so that's an option. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and um, the other option is to murder the cat. I don't. I'm not saying do it. I'm just. I'm, we're just throwing out all the options. Hey, um, sometimes you gotta get your hands dirty. When it comes you can, to roommate, you know? can have a cat's, I think, vocal cords removed. I don't recommend that either. That sounds um, worse than killing it, to be honest. Right. Uh, just just a mockery of it's if its existence. <laughs> like that's what just, is this, oh. Planet of the Apes. <laughs> so then, I mean, you've got I mean, yeah, I mean, the other option is I guess you could get a different roommate. I don't know what this again. This was this like a Craigslist roommate. Is this doesn't sound like they're friends, like they were been friends for a while because they Definitely didn't know about didn't the, know cat. the cat. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many things that are, that could be part of the situation. If you're in a situation where like, uh, you live in an area where, um, it's just like a desert and there's no roommates, then, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of got to take whatever cat and person Absolutely. you can get. Um, I would just, I mean, if you're not allergic to the cat, I mean, yeah, those are the only things I can think of white noise machine, uh, 
murder the cat. Uh, maybe have a conversation with your roommate if that's your thing. And who knows maybe, if they even maybe communicate. <laughs> maybe you can't get a word in edgewise because the cat just won't <laughs> shut up. So goddamn loud. Every what? time you're trying to say something, the cat's like, <laughs> you're like, ah, well, forget it. All right, I'll send you an email. Yeah. I know they have. The- who who is this cat? Ben Shapiro? Come on, let let him talk a little bit. <laughs> and and another thing, and another thing, a bright cat. <laughs> my mind went to uh get a, a bigger louder animal oh i like that to, to counteract you know it may be a bobcat okay just you know saran wrap them up and put them oh, in yeah. the corner you know get real agitated and have that just meow, right. just roaring in the back now and this isn't about murdering the cat but like get a gun mm-hmm. and every time the cat makes a noise just shoot that gun right in the air right i mean i'm you know, I'm assuming you're renting. Maybe, you know, obviously they, maybe your landlord's like, oh, you don't want you to put things like don't put holes in the wall. And obviously the gun would be an issue. So maybe shoot the couch. I don't know. But like just just every time, because after a period of time, she'd be like, man, you really shoot that that gun a lot. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, do I? I don't even <laughs> notice. notice. Yeah. This, and then and then you have an opportunity to be like, oh, probably like you don't notice your cat. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, does my cat make a lot of noise? Oh, my God. Well, I would really like you to not shoot that gun so much. Oh, well, yeah. And then now you're in a different position of like, now you're vulnerable or at least mm-hmm. appear to be like, oh, oh, well, I'll tell you what. I mean, I really do like shooting this gun. I love um, shooting But let me tell you, the cat, the, the meow really travels through the whole. Like maybe, the we could, yeah, maybe we could make a compromise. I will stop shooting in our house mm-hmm. if maybe you could um, do something with that cat. Like, And then mm-hmm. now they're like, oh, oh, well, geez, I, I feel bad for even asking them to stop shooting. But okay. the least I could do is deal with my cat. Yeah. So get a gun. Shoot the couch. Invest in a weapon and and like a, a master class in in persuasion. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or just fireworks. Just light off fireworks. Everyone like a Piccolo Pete. A couple of M80s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, might as well. Because here's the thing, and I understand that you're renting, um, but there's never a situation where an indoor M80 is not awesome. It's so, so cool. So if if even if they don't get the hint, what the worst thing you did was just had some fireworks fun. Let me I, don't tell know, you, I don't know who loses in that. You have no idea how many big lots that I've walked into. <laughs> it's looking drab. It is looking dreary. And I just light up a couple of M80s in the patio seating area. Oh, yeah. It really livens the place up. I went into a Ross dress for less, went into the gown section, mm-hmm. put two piccolo peats and one of those flowers. I just I walked away. I went over into housewares just to see what would happen. I'll tell you what. I know that there were some people that freaked <laughs> out, but I, I promise you that most of them are going to. They're still talking about that today. They had PTSD. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, no. Now I have to stop, yeah. drop and roll. But yeah, guess what? Good news. You didn't let all that advice go to waste. Oh, Brad didn't speak. Hasn't spoken for the past <laughs> eight years. Sure. But we had fun and that's what's important. Right. I mean, it's it's a story. And when that's all we're really, that's all life is. Life is searching for stories that you didn't know you needed to tell. Hell yes. Dude, you got advice up in the wazoo. If you could give advice to me, serious mm. advice, advice to me, Michael Nordstrom, what advice would you give me? Well, obviously, one is just keep doing podcasts for a living. Right. I don't know what else you do, but I wouldn't do that anymore. Um, like I, I work at a wax museum. Oh, yeah. That, well, well, OK, then I, I take that back. If you can do part time, like that would be the key. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like if you could and if you could yeah. bring that work home with you, mm-hmm. that's something like if you could podcast with like maybe a wax Jackie Chan next to you, mm-hmm. like and not even like I'm talking like old Jackie Chan, like now, like not when he was oh, like not like sure. not, not even middle aged rush hour Jackie Chan. I'm talking Jackie Chan. I was like, you probably shouldn't do your own stunts, but I appreciate last movie effort. did was, I think, 2017 Jackie Chan. Yeah, like, yeah, like we're talking like a rush hour seven, mm-hmm. like, hmm, like even like maybe he's now aging worse than Chris Tucker, kind of uh, <laughs> Jackie Chan. Um, but I mean, advice for you. I mean, I would just say like I would say keep on keeping on. Mm-hmm. I would say, um, you know, feel free. Cry at a movie. I don't care. Like cry like everyone's watching. I cry all the time. I watched a movie, uh, uh, Cadillac Records, where Etta James was was singing um, I'd rather be blind to Adrian Brody. Oh, I, wow. oh I, I tear it up. <laughs> well, I mean, I tell you what, you put Adrian Brody on the screen in front of me, too. Is, yeah. Try to keep these guys dry. OK, I watched yeah. Predators and I was like, mm. <laughs> I've never felt more uh, engaged in, in a, a alien versus man movie. I mean, Adrian Brody. 
I mean, just he really drives it home. His nose just I mean, it's perfect. It's wow. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Adrian. In fun fact is that that Adrian Brody really like kind of came to notoriety in the movie The Pianist. Mm-hmm. Every single movie he's in, he's actually playing that same character. It's just in a different adventure. It never changes. Yeah, Why does he always look like he's starving? <laughs> yeah, he's one of those guys that's like muscularly starving. Yeah. Kind of like when I see Adam Driver, the question I have is: Is this the handsomest ugly man, or is this the ugliest handsome man? Like that's and that's the mystery. And the whole time I'm like, but I can't take my eyes off him. I feel like an asshole because when he had the face reveal in, in the Star Wars movie of, of like Kylo Ren, right. I laughed out loud in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> the probably reaction I had, like when I watched The Passion yeah. and like, you know, when they got him up on that cross, I'm like, this is funny. <laughs> this is good. These silly Romans. I know what you're doing. This is. And then you're later, you realize it wasn't played for laughs. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Ooh. But uh, Steve. Again, tell people where the where you can be found. Well, uh, I, I I showed up on this podcast, the Hell Yeah podcast, which is obviously a great thing to do. And if you know, no one come just for me, hang out for Mike Nordstrom and the Wax Gang, um, and uh, at uh, Ozfest A U S F E S T on Instagram, and then of course SteveOsborne.com, where all my uh, updated shows will be. I will put up. Well, what's fun is I put up a show, and then it gets canceled, and then I'll remember to take it down after it was would have been. Hell yes. Cancel. Hey, everyone's canceling gigs. All hail Omicron. Ooh, I have a little shrine. Right next to my <laughs> Sam Elliott shrine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With functioning mustache. Yeah. <laughs> that smells just like old tours. <laughs> you just got to come over there and give a little spritz. Yeah. A little <laughs> Every once like a in a while. Pet. Every once in a while, I'll light a Marlboro and I'll put it near That's it. That's right. Yeah. What's great. <laughs> and, it just, and it gets smoked all the way down. It just ate it always ashes, which is great. <laughs> Very polite, very polite shrine. Yeah. Really, it's a metaphor of, of for life, really, you know. <laughs> but Steve, thanks for coming on. Uh, this is the Hell Yeah Podcast. I'm Michael Nordstrom. Uh, check us out, I guess, Brother. at other places. Brother. I don't know. We're not that far yet. Why, why, why? Hell yeah, hell yeah. Why, hell yeah. Can I get a hell yeah? What, what? Can I get a hell yeah? What, what? Uh. And I know it ain't right, and I know you shouldn't take this advice But make sure you're really drunk when you're driving Walk on some glass with no shoes on and don't pay for your meal Dining dash You better not ask me for no advice Because I'm gonna tell you the wrong thing to do So can I get a hell yeah? What? What?